You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. And be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Welcome to episode seven of the Four Faces of Love. We're going to be taking our text from Ephesians chapter three, King James Version. And there's a reason I'm doing this because it uh, articulates the four dimensions of the love of God in a way that I don't see in some of the other translations. Uh, So let's go with 17 through 19. Here we go. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height. Now, we're talking about breadth this week, so we'll get into those others later. To know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. If you're going to be filled with the fullness of God, you've got to understand God's breadth. The love that is wide. This is God's generosity. Love gives. This is an easy face to talk about because it's the one that people are most familiar with. It's the one that uh, we hear preached the most when the love of God is talked about. Uh, This is the one face that gets first attention. It's like a house. And I've compared the love of God to a house with four walls. One wall doesn't make a house. But if you're going to begin with a study on love, you're going to begin with the front elevation of the house, the front door. That's the pretty door. That's the one that is most attractive. It's where all the landscaping is and so forth. And, uh, you know, the no air conditioners outside in the front yard. Typically, you've got some very nice plants around your front porch and so forth. So this is why the breadth of the love of God is the one face that is most popular. And it's the only face that a lot of people know. And for that reason, people fall into imbalance because it's the only thing they in, 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 that they, they uh, accept. But it is an important face. Revelation 13.8, All who dwell on the earth will worship him whose names have not been written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Now, I remember as a new Christian reading my Bible and seeing verses like this, I thought, wow, this is different. God knew that Adam was going to sin, and the plan of salvation was in place before the world was ever created. And think about that for a minute, that God created the world with the knowledge that the man that he would create was going to sin, but God did it anyway. Now, foreknowledge is a difficult concept for us to grasp. About the only time we really ever plug into what it's like to have a little foreknowledge is if you have a young, young child who has very predictable behavior. When my youngest daughter, Sally, was about two and a half to three, we played hide-and-go-seek. And uh, right outside our master bedroom, there was a little hallway with four different doors, two closets and uh, in those uh, areas. And Sally would hide in one particular closet. There was a cedar closet there, and it smelled great. And that was her preferred hiding place. And I'm not but 15, 20 feet away, kneeling on a footstool in our bedroom up against a chair, counting 
And every single time she goes to hide in that same place, I had foreknowledge of her hiding place. She never surprised me. She never went to another place. Uh, and so it was hilarious. The whole family got tickled at how she would go to hide in that same place. And uh, she would, uh, I would pretend not to know where she was, and I would uh, uh, call out and say, I can't find her here, and I'd go to all kinds of other rooms and raise my voice. And she, she finally would become so frustrated that I wasn't finding her that she would make little noises, so I would come and open that door. And when I would open it up, it was as if she had fooled me. Well, that's foreknowledge. I, I had foreknowledge of where she was going to go, and God has foreknowledge of the most advanced of us. Uh, I had foreknowledge of a very young child. I didn't have foreknowledge of my teenagers or my older children, <laughs> but I had foreknowledge of that two-and-a-half-year-old. And so God has foreknowledge of all of us, and yet He created us anyway with the knowledge that we would rebel, that we would reject Him. What man uh, would do that. Uh, from the very beginning of his ministry, Jesus had foreknowledge of what his life would be like. John 1.29, the next day John sees Jesus coming toward him, and John says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And that's how Jesus was introduced to Israel. I'm sure people looked at him and wondered, what does this mean? Uh, but Jesus knew what it meant, and it was not a pleasant thing. He's going to suffer. He's going to die. Uh, not only did he come to do this for us, but he came to do it as a rejected man and not as a hero. Now think about this. There were a number of people who enlisted in the military after 9-11 here in the United States who had a pretty good idea they were going to be put into extreme danger and there was a strong chance that they might not come uh, back alive from the Middle East. Uh, there was no hesitation in Jesus, and it was a certain thing that he was going to die. Matthew 13, 34, 35. All these things, <coughs> pardon me, Jesus spoke to the multitude in parables, and without a parable he did not speak to them, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets, saying, I will open my mouth in parables, I will utter things kept secret from the foundation of the world." Why did I read that verse? What's this got to do with love? It has everything to do with love. Basically, Christ has committed himself to the redemption of the world, but he's not going to get to do this as a hero. When he goes through the whole process, he will be treated like a criminal. He will be treated like a rejected person. It will be something that is not pleasant at all, but yet he does it anyway. This is a real manifestation of the love of God. Listen to this. This is Isaiah 53, and listen how he describes the work of the Messiah. Who has believed our report, and to whom is, has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of a dry ground. He has no form nor comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely he's borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we were healed. So imagine one of those volunteers 
volunteers, who goes to Iraq or Afghanistan, goes over, gives his life to save other people and maybe even to save his own friends in, a, in a, an act of valor in combat. And yet his memory is desecrated when he comes home. He gets no burial in Arlington National Cemetery. He is not recognized for anything that it, that is the picture of Jesus because he did this without the acclaim of men. Now, we see this reflected even for us, and this is 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. <clears throat> Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of, of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner. This is Paul talking. But share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Paul is saying right here, the thing that we have been called to may result in us being rejected, persecuted, spoken of, uh, and maligned, uh, spoken of in, in, in dishonor and maligned, misunderstood, and yet we do this anyway, and it's because of the love of God. So what Christ did was not something that um, where they cheered him on. They did cheer him on when he came into Jerusalem on the back of the donkey, but that, that w was very soon ended because no one was prepared for the real work. They loved him as the healer. They loved him as the miracle worker. They loved him as the one who multiplied loaves and fishes. They loved him for the way that he stood up to the hypocrites. But when it came time for him to die, uh, there was no one that stood with him. Who has believed our report and to whom has the arm of the Lord be, been revealed? There was no one to declare his generation, Isaiah 53 says, because uh, no one stood up for him in his trial. He was completely alone and by himself, and that was by design. God showed us there that when Christ was at his absolute best, humanity was at, his, at its worst. We were at the bottom when he died for us. Uh, everything about mankind that's distasteful, that's disgusting, that's uh, shameful, it all manifested at the cross. That was the lowest point of human history. But conversely, the greatest moments of Christ were what he did in his passion. And he did this because he loved us. This is God's breadth, his generosity. So when we love, we learn to love by relationship with our God and not because we are immediately paid back. Now, very often uh, people repent and they turn and they come to us and they show appreciation for what we did. But in the beginning, we have to be able to love without reward. That is the love of Jesus Christ. This is something that Paul prays that we would know. You cannot be rooted and grounded in love, and you can't know love if you don't understand this face. God loves before he is received. Well, that's all the time we have for today, but we'll pick up here tomorrow. I'll see you then. 
I want to thank you for watching our podcast today. And if you really liked it, would you please give us a little thumbs up by clicking on that sign down below? And then I would encourage you to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any of our future podcasts because they're all going to be good. And if you would like to support us financially, either with a one-time gift or recurring gift, you can do that by clicking on the link below or going to myfaithroots.com. Thank you so much for watching this program. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.